This is a slightly more, uh, perhaps lower decibel version of Podcast 118, a Hey Arnold re-education where every week two lifelong friends gather to rewatch, review, and relive every episode and movie of the classic Nicktoon, Hey Arnold. I'm one of your hosts, Michael. M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Michael. Oh. oh, and I am Sean Michael. M-I-C-H-E-A-L, spelling correctly, <laughs> also on my ID. It's okay. Everybody in my elementary school yearbooks spelled it E-A-L. I still don't think that there's any, like, prominent Michael who spells it E-A-L, but I just, I don't understand, like, I still don't know why people do that. It's like the gold dress, blue blue dress thing. That's still something that's just never, it's never going to make sense to me, and I just have to accept that. No, absolutely not, and there's no whippy rule for it either, like I before you except I No. What, what did you call it, a whoopee rule? Whippy. A whippy? Quippy. Oh, quippy. Okay, okay, okay. I thought there was. I thought that. I thought that rule actually had some kind of name to it. No, interchangeable, my friend. Okay, for sure. <laughs> well, hello, and um, yeah, man. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. As of the time of this recording, we're edging towards 800 downloads, which is still like, why? But also, thank you. <laughs> so it's feeling pretty good. I think right now our highest ranked, our highest ranked episode is still episode nine. So mugged and rough in it seems to have really captured the majority of our <laughs> listenership's uh, mm, attention. Must hate Arnold out there. A little bit, I guess. So maybe that's maybe you know maybe there's something to that. You know, but we maybe we may be on some we may be onto something here. <laughs> but if you haven't, but you know if uh, if you aren't already, like our listeners, we're getting some people. At least people are list, uh, on following us on Instagram. We have several folks from uh, what appears to be Mexico, Thailand, which is pretty dope. It's like, hell yeah, we're like international AF, man. That's awesome. Um, that is pretty dope. <laughs> but be sure to, yeah, if you aren't already doing doing so, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. And also, if you care to, leave a rating or review because definitely want to hear what y'all are thinking. Um Folks that I've DM'd on Instagram have, you know, dug, dug it so far. So join them. One of us, one of us, one of us. It's been a long day and I'm full of homemade birria. So Papa's a little squirrely or loopy. So try it if you haven't already done so. And then leave me your thoughts uh, on P- at PC118pod at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter or Instagram at PC118pod. To, if you want to talk about Hey Arnold or, you know, uh, Birria Tacos. So today we're going to talk about episode 15 of Hey Arnold, which again, you can watch this on Hulu, Paramount Plus, or on DVD in case physical media is your preferred weapon of choice. So part A of episode 15 is Spelling Bee, originally aired November 20th, 1996, written by Joanne Salaber, directed by uh, Frank Nissen, who I don't think I've seen yet, so this may be a new new addition creatively, and Steve Saki, who's been around for quite a while at this point getting to the end of episode, uh, season one so it's pretty exciting so in this one arnold completes or sorry competes in a tri-city spelling bee to win money for a keyboard but faces competition against helga who is being pushed by her father to win so she can follow in her sister's footsteps 
Um, real quick, Sean, did you ever, did you guys ever have a spelling bee at Highlands Christian Schools? Oh, hell yeah! I was in the spelling bee every. Oh, really? Year. Okay, tell me, tell and, me, please tell, tell and me I the lost story. To, yeah, I spelled things and always got second place to Anthony Bouchong. <laughs> Shouts out to Anthony Bouchong, <laughs> if you're listening. You are still my friend, even though I secretly hated that you always beat me at spelling bees. What was um? What was the what was first prize? Was there anything at stake here? Not five hundred dollars, but right. I, I assume it was the glory of the glory of God. Were <laughs> yeah. the word were the words shining that, his light on your spelling ability? Were the words that they gave you like biblical? Because I mean that would be pretty hard, like like forcing a third grader <laughs> to spell like Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> or something. Definitely not. No, it was um. Like, I guess what you would call the tryouts happened at Highlands Christian Schools. And then I think it was maybe like the top three or four of us were sent to wherever the spelling bee was going to be. And that was like non-denominational. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. So you guys are like competing against like secular students. I always forget, is secular non-religious or is it non-secular is non-religious? I'll be honest. I okay. Okay. I could, I, I, it's fine. Don't worry. We have, we have other vocabulary semantic issues to work out this uh in recording this that's why secular um <laughs> sorry you need to ask for the definition first okay <laughs> could i have the definition of secular secular <laughs> denoting attitudes activities or other things that have no religious or spiritual okay basis. so you were so you were competing against secular other secular children yeah I was beating the asses <laughs> of secular children oh my god uh we yeah, I think we had a the only spelling bee I was ever privy to or an audience for was in sixth grade at IBL, mm. and I think it was only a sixth grade spelling bee, which was interesting. But like, they it was a whole thing. They, you know, we set aside a whole period to do it. We all funneled into the gym, and I believe our beloved brother Theo was in that spelling bee, and that might have been one of the first times I like saw him and who he was because we weren't didn't really become friends until like the following year um i remember being kind of pissed because like i wanted to do it because i always felt like i was a pretty decent speller by then but i think by that point in the year my grades started to tank so my homeroom teacher who was also my language arts teacher probably didn't want to you know put her eggs in my basket or anything um the uh, act, but our homeroom did wind up taking home the glory so shaniqua lloyd who claimed that Shaniqua Lloyd, who claimed that uh, Lil Wayne was her cousin, uh, won that, took took it all home. So good on you, Shaniqua. Oh <laughs> and then my next just opening question, um, what word, was there any word or words as a child that were just like consistently hard for you to remember how to spell correctly? No, I knew all of them. Okay, cool. It must have been nice. You mean, so you didn't cry during your spelling test because you forgot how to spell bicycle? Is it just me? <laughs> X. <laughs> I think I might have put an X in there for all I know. And like, I mean, shoot, maybe you guys had a better budget, but we had like this, like, it felt like recycled lined paper where like if you applied mm. just even with like the dullest possible pencil, if you applied mm. too much pressure, you would tear right through it while you're trying to write. And like that just kind of signified my, my I felt that was like, indicative of my brain cracking mm. at the seams always <laughs> second grade was rough yeah at least the, the start of it <laughs> well, it sounds like we're in tender territory here. a little bit it's okay let's well let's get to 
the pitched battle between uh, Helga and Arnold. I, I want to say up top at the beginning, I think we have our first official character besides like Harold, who's like just the bully or whatever. But mm. because but you're you're gonna assume that he's kind of the heel or the bully to kind of everyone. But I think this is the first time I at least that really stuck out to me that I think we have like an adult who was like who was like flagrantly against Arnold when, and mm-hmm. it's his teacher, Miss Slovak. <laughs> as she's moderating, as she's moderating, like the class spelling bee, she's like, like, well, Helga, you better practice wink, wink or whatever. Spend the money on her. Don't spend. Oh it yeah. All in one oh place. yeah. Don't spend it all in one place. Helga. <laughs> she's the first one to believe in the hate Arnold. She kind of uh, does. And she also <laughs> clearly doesn't care about her job. Cause she just like, Roadrunners out of the classroom before finishing her uh, announcement about the asbestos work happening over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's it's because rarely does this show veer into like overtly cartoonish, you know, antics. So when it does, it's very noticeable. Like right before Helga says, "Get ready to lose your butt." Something. Yes. Yeah. To Arnold. Yes. But she wants she wants to win that butt though. I'm pretty sure. And, you know, I've been waiting on a certain, real quick on the gag runner, I've been waiting on a certain Eugene ouchie, and this was the one where he goes over the fence into the pit bulls. (laughs) He zigzags, and we get the return of his, like, dinky little bike horn. (laughs) Into the pit. It's like the conveniently placed ramp right outside the other side of the fence your life sucks. <laughs> it, truly, it truly is it truly does it's like right after i forget who says it but it's like there's nobody with worse luck than yeah me. no yeah it's, it's helga she's, she's lamenting her position with the spelling bee she kicks the can and yeah then we have that with eugene it's just yeah i don't know it's just a lot of i think they just front loaded a lot of like slapsticky bits or weird physical comedy because this one's actually because I guess it's appropriate because this episode is focused on a spelling bee. The to the standout of this of this uh, episode to me is the dialogue, so it would almost wouldn't even be relevant for me to like try to write down all my favorite lines because it's just like I love the writing of the entire episode. But I just really want to rip the uh, the big bob big Bob's beepers jingle and use it as my ringtone for at least a couple weeks. <laughs> big Bob's beepers. Bob is an asshole. Yeah, we get. Yeah, this is. Um, again, I feel like this was produced maybe before. This might have been produced before. Uh, uh, roughing it, but yeah, this is. We get way more of what makes Big Bo- Big Bob tick here, that he's like hyper competitive and kind of just like a skeevy salesman because you know we'll beat any advertised price unless it's lower. <laughs> unless it's lower. And I don't know what. I mean. What what do you feel like is the significance of him sitting on top of an emaciated yak? Because I forgot about this shot entirely. <laughs> oh, I really don't know. Like, maybe that's it, Olga, his cash cow that he's milked all cash the cow. out of, and now it's on to Helga. I like that. I like that. Yeah, for me, for I thought it was just Thank kind you. of a sim. For me, it was like a Simpsons predicted it or did it first because the first because then I just thought of Isaiah Mustafa in the Old Spice commercials, but that was like mm-hmm. this was like fourteen years before that, so maybe not. But what does a beeper emporium look like to you? Because I, think, I can't imagine emporium fitting. Right. I mean, stock of beepers. I feel like it's if for me. I just picture a Radio Shack, but it's just wall to wall with beepers. But then, I mean, if we take roughing it into account, we could also believe that 
maybe primarily beepers were like the cornerstone of the business. And then he ventured into other various electronics, mm. you know, not unlike your sharper images and things like that. Do we ever see the inside? I think there's a later like episode. Externally. I think there's a later episode, um, like where like Helga has to spend her spring break with Big Bob, or um, mm. there's another episode where Miriam actually takes over the business. We get the first Big Bob. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> we get the first one. Of is that movies. is that a recurring thing for him? Like to get Helga's like attention. I've or whatever, or just like... It's either he does it just perfectly this one time, uh-huh. and it stuck with me for my yeah. entire life, or he does it at least another couple times. He's going to come up... Well, let's, let's, let's keep let's keep an eye on that, because like Big Bob's going to come up more and more <laughs> as we go. There's like maybe at least like three, four very good like Big Bob-centric storylines or episodes per season. So this is really just like the tip mm-hmm. of that iceberg. The trophy room is such a crazy setup. It's he's He has to put the spotlights directly on Helga like I feel I, I feel really bad for Helga this whole episode honestly mm-hmm. like you truly see like mm-hmm. how isolated and tormented <laughs> like morally conflicted and tormented she is and you know you, you build a lot of empathy for her here and yeah, you hear it in her voice too you right? do like, the you, way she responds to her yeah she's so like subservient for lack of a like, better word it's kind of it's it, it's not kind of sad it is sad yeah. She kills it. Yeah, like Bob's a total like stage parent or whatever the version is for like sports for sports parents mm-hmm. or whatever if that, if that is. The drums just go with like sports parents. But it is very tough. When you know Arnold is struggling with his own feelings of inadequacy and self-doubt, but and it's it's pretty understated here, but they really just play up how like how integral grandma uh, grandpa and Gerald are as his support system. Like it's actually really sweet like you know, Grandpa being like, like I said, Arnold will be here for you no matter what. Onomatopoeia <laughs> 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 is a very difficult word, though. It is. I do remember getting hella excited because I think it did come up during like a spelling test in middle school one year, and I'm like, oh shit, onomatopoeia. <laughs> <laughs> Which noun? Thanks, hey Arnold. The formation of a word from sound associated with what is named, e.g., cuckoo, sizzle. And then that brings us to I totally forgot uh, the establishing shot of the. Spelling bee venue. Well, <laughs> welcomes, welcome Spielers. <laughs> so good. It's so simple, it's so but good. it's still really funny. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, sheesh. Grandma also shows up in a coat. But yeah. Later is wearing a gladiator, like a, full a gladiator arm armor. armor. Yeah, I'm like, I was like, oh look, she's, she's wearing a lot of different outfits. She's being all, episode. she's being all fancy, and then, and then I remember, oh, she, she's wearing armor at the end, and the, I guess she just had that for she, you know, she donned the armor once it was down to just uh, Arnold and Helga in the final two. I, I thought we, were, I swear, I had a Mandela effect. I thought we were gonna get another kill the umpire out of her. I thought so too. I was waiting yeah. for it. I was totally waiting for it. <laughs> when they were all cheering for yeah. getting uh, onomatopoeia, right? Mm-hmm. If there is a if there is a secondary antagonist to this episode, it's this like spelling bee, whatever you'd call her, like commissioner comptroller, because she's Dork. just really scary to me. It's yeah. pro- it's probably her like yeah. her transatlantic accent. Nonsense. Yes, that's that's what she does from all these geeks on stage. <laughs> so, I hope I didn't look as much of a dork as them. Okay, so speaking of geeks, I want you to please take your time again. I'll edit. I'll edit it for time. 
of all the random kids we had, all, all the other kids competing in the spelling bee, please feel free to pick your favorites, whether it be who looks the dumbest, who you'd most want to punch, or <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like Gerard Way in the bow tie and glasses here. Um, <laughs> he's he, he's killing it. Uh, I think I would fight Arnold. Okay, of course. Immediately okay. over all of these. Okay. He looks like he could square up, but he also could take a punch. Uh-huh. And then honorary mention to like the really visibly more pale than everybody else kid with the doll in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> she's got like okay, she's got yeah, she's got like the one tooth and everything. She she I don't think she stood a chance really. I'm I not, think I would fight all of these kids. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> the only one with her hands in a fist, though, is the girl in the, like, woolen sweater and long johns underneath khaki shorts. Yeah, well, the, yeah, yeah well, she kind of looked like, uh, if you remember that Disney cartoon, Pepper Ann, like, she kind of reminded me of her a little bit. And then you had some kids who kind of just looked like off-brand, like, wish.com versions of other characters. Like, the kid, that first kid with the bow tie kind of looks like... Stinky, uh, Stinky and Sid, and then the other kid kind of looks like Sheena and uh, Sheena and Joey put together, like Sheena and Nadine and Joey put together mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then we have yeah, we have these two kids who kind of look like prototypes for Curly if you really like look into it. Yeah, it's always funny to it's I, I I like it whenever they like have to come up with like these new kids just for the one episode. I think my favorite element of this episode is just the highly aggressive buzzer. Whenever someone gets a word wrong, it's just in, in it's very it's it's like I can't even I can't even replicate it I can't even do it justice it's like it's like a fog it's got the meat of a foghorn behind it which just makes it yeah. feel even more just like blunt force insulting when yeah. these kids get a word wrong. It's got the shrill of the taboo booz- buzzer too. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. That's mm-hmm. absolutely. For sure, for sure. And then we go into the you know, the montage of kids just getting soundly, you know, quickly, what seems to be pretty quickly eliminated. So I thought, you know, I was really looking forward to this episode because I want I wanted to just look up the meanings of all these words. So shall we get into the vocab time of it all? Can we please? Okay. So, well, this is, I just did every word that was featured in this episode, um, even mm. in uh, Ms. Slovak's class. So we have nuclear, which is an adjective relating to the nucleus of an atom. And clavichord, uh, a small rectangular keyboard instrument producing a soft sound by means of metal blades attached to the ends of key levers that gently press the strings, popular from the early 15th to early 19th centuries. Um, Which people often mistake for the harpsichord. Okay, yes. I've not... Often. I mean, I know what a harpsichord sounds like because I've seen Amadeus a few times, but I don't think I know (laughs) how a clavichord (laughs) sounds different to a harpsichord. I don't know too much between the differences because I feel like the the word is applied to both instances of the instrument. True. How often do you get to hear something that's from the 15th century? That's true. Okay, well, Amadeus is a pretty good movie. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, it won hella Oscars and stuff. So. It did. It should. It so did. go ahead with that. <laughs> um, should we save qualm for last? I mean, it was technically... You been... save... Okay, we'll save, save that for us. Okay. Phlegm. GM Phlegm. <laughs> you use that one a lot when you get old. <laughs> now in the thick viscous substance secreted by the mucous Ooh. membranes right uh, of the respiratory passages yes grandpa's intimate relationship with the word is uh pretty pretty charming very endearing once more it is uh, we, it co- is. we covered onomatopoeia 
Uh, next is Glacial. G L A C L. Why? I know. Like the and the yeah. This that I don't know. The voice with the pairing of that kid's character design is so funny. Um, noun. All of the voices are yes. great. In this one. Relating to yeah. The, the my favorite one hasn't even come up yet. Um, noun re- yeah, relating yeah. to. I think you know which one. <laughs> I I I hope. Okay. <laughs> okay. Again, Jesus. Glacial noun relating to, resulting from, or denoting the presence or agency of ice. I didn't know ice could be could have agency. That's pretty dope, especially in the form of glaciers. Mm-hmm. Um, sanctimonious, which I believe was Helga's word in the montage. Yes. It would have been more. I thought it was Arnold because like, oh, that would have been pretty ironic. Um, so adjective making a show of being morally superior to other people. Mm-hmm. This one was. Mm-hmm. What? Wait, say that again? I didn't quite catch that. Fuck you, Arnold. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, philately. And this is genuinely surprising. Do you know what philately means? I had no clue yeah. what so, is. Yeah. This, the, the spelling really threw me off because, like, I think Torin Cottell was kind of mumbling a little in the in his delivery. But philately is a noun which refers to the collection and study of postage stamps. Ew. Right? Actually, I'm not allowed to critique because I was in spelling bees. Okay, so. so wait, hold on. Philately involves more than just stamp collecting or the study of postage. It is possible to be a philatelist without owning any stamps. So it's like you can be a, a phil, you can be a casual philatelist. I guess there's very little gatekeeping in the philat philately hobby. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> is the verb for that anything close to philate? Phil- it's fellatio. Fellating, I think, like, I don't, I mean, honestly. Oh, that, that's what fellatio is. I guess. It's stamps. It's about stamps. <laughs> oh, my God. For all our younger listeners, I apologize. I mean, if you were really into stamps, why wouldn't you just collect them already, though? I mean, how? I don't even know how you would, like, appreciate stamps without collecting them. I just feel like that's a hobby that you got to go, like, all in on. There, there are a lot of hobbies that are, like, I mean, I've, I, I, I would argue that most hobbies are niche, but there are some that are, like, extremely niche. <laughs> sure. And, like, stamps, buttons, train spotting, like, those gotta be, like, you gotta be niche. You gotta be in deep. You gotta sure. have nothing else to do. Did you have those, like, did you have, did you collect, like, all the state coins? Did you have one of those cardboard thingies with all the slots in them? I never did, but... Nice. <clears throat> My sister did. Oh, yeah. I think I remember seeing that coming over to your house before, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it got forgotten when we were like ten. Uh-huh. So it, it mostly just sat there, there to there, sit. There, there were some but gaps. Yeah. Yes, it, ex- it was a thing. For it sure. Was a thing. Okay. Uh, this I believe we actually learned this in sophomore year humanities. So effervescent, not to yeah, be conf- not to be confused with Evanescence, greatest band of all time. Um, adjective of a liquid giving off buzzle- bubbles. Fizzy. Uh, the sample a sentence. Very fancy word for a simple. Yeah. Simple yes. definition. Yeah, the like sample sentence: an effervescent mixture of cheap wine, fruit flavors, sugar, and carbon dioxide, uh, or vivacious and enthusiastic, i.e., effervescent young people. I don't like that. But, ah. Yeah, huh. but that makes sense. But dude, Amy Lee, like any good like musician. I mean, like rappers do it all the time. So why not singers? Amy Lee should just come out with some fucking sparkling waters, hot as shit. You know, everybody loves sparkling waters now. She should just come out, or I mean, like, or whatever, like your white claws and stuff. Um, she should just come out with her own and just call it effervescence. And the first, she and and the first flavor. And Michael Bublé of the Bubbly franchise <laughs> can fight over the dumbest name of sparkling beverage. Well, Amy, Amy's good. Nickel for <laughs> <laughs> two nickels. 
We listen a lot. <laughs> what is it's that? It's happened twice. <laughs> what is the? What was that? Was that from I your brain? Internet speak. I, oh, okay, for sure. I was gonna say because Amy Lee. Not, well, it, it was in my brain, but it's okay. not. I can't take credit for it. <laughs> I was gonna say Amy Lee would absolutely corner the market because the first flavor she would come out with would be called "Bring Me to Lime." <laughs> Oh god. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, moving on. Um Spurious, I think we all this was I mean, yeah, I was pretty tickled because I think we did we covered that in high school yeah. as well. Uh Spurious, which it means foreshadowing from what happens in a little bit. Yes. That's when you think or like say something to imply that you're about to go use the bathroom and that's foreshadowing. Spurious is an adjective not being what it purports to be, false or fake. Which we're gonna get someone's true colors exposed in just just a little bit. Bagar bagar, that one threw me off. So I googled that. Wait, wasn't it just? I thought it was agar agar. Agar. I was surprised I, that it was in there because agar did you, agar is a, isn't it like an ingredient or something? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So agar. I just looked at. So agar is a gelatinous substance obtained from various kinds of red seaweed and used in biological culture media and as a thickener in foods. Because, yeah, I was like, this is a word where it's like two words on top of each other. Or like bagar, bagar. So I also looked up bagar. Also chonk, a common word used in Indian cuisine meaning seasoning. Super. I don't think it was bagar, bagar. She... I'm pretty sure it was agar, agar. Okay, agar, agar. Okay. That's what, that's what my. I heard a B word, though, in, on the playback. Said. But okay, okay. Okay, I don't have subtitles when I watch this on, on a DVD. But okay, yeah. Wow. It looks like Soylent, it looks like Soylent Green or something like that. Or You've shown your true colors. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Now my favorite line reading of the whole damn episode. <laughs> I need you to say it exactly okay. like he does, please. So this is uh, Lou, um, so this is the the kid who kind of one of the kids who kind of looks like Curly, the black haired kid with like the comb over covering his eyes, and uh, pretty sure this is Jamil Smith coming in again to like yeah. voice a dorky white kid. So he goes, Lupin, L U P. <laughs> it's so good it's so good it's literally like the I thing that da- the pass yeah. grenade was a really good one too i don't yeah we're, we're getting to that yeah so lupin uh, a plant of the pea family with deeply divided leaves and tall colorful colorful tapering spikes of flowers a velocipede is that was actually pretty educational so velocipede mm-hmm. is uh just like old timey a human-powered vehicle with one or more wheels. That's all it means. Like just mm-hmm. so, it's just a fancy-ass name for bicycle. But there's like a di- diagram on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and it's like the bicentennial BMXing from Jackass Two. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a. Uh, you didn't land it's, it. It's a combination of of Latin roots. Yeah. And has not been edited since. I like that. I yes. Just got replaced with the word bicycle. All right. <laughs> okay. Then it brings us to perhaps maybe the standout sequence of this episode. Which is and it's also just the most perplexing. So an uh, individual named Seymour Stump comes up and correctly, of his own volition and ability, spells Pasquinade, or so we think. Uh, and Pasquinade means all right, dude. This is pretty meta, all right. Pasquinade noun: a satire or lampoon, originally one displayed or delivered publicly in a public place. You're kind of lampooning, like yeah, this the hyper competitive nature of like spelling bees and just kids children's competitions in general and there you go like to the point where like he's fucking wearing a wire or an earpiece 
I don't know, dude. What's your what's your what's your headcanon of like <laughs> the that whole situation? He gets carted off by the bouncer or like the security guard. He's got a man. She's got he's got a girl in the chair parked right outside. Yeah, I mean he he gets murdered, right? Probably That's... by Giles or whatever it is. He looks like he looks like the yeah. he looks like the Spider-Man villain Hammerhead, like Major Chip Hazard from uh, Small Soldiers, which is one of the best '90s movies of all wow. time. His hands can grasp all of Pasquinade Kid's like torso. That's a nightmare. Yeah. I don't like this. Send another screenshot. Maybe this is why uh, Curly is the way that he is, because his cousin was murdered during a spelling bee. <laughs> For cheating in the spelling bee to win $500. I'm innocent. Innocent, I tell you. Innocent. I'm just a pawn in a corrupt game. <laughs> Stellar. Yeah, Stellar on all counts. Thank you. And also, that. yeah, I'm going to post all of these uh, screen caps of all the kids who get eliminated because the agony of defeat is. Which also, Helga would have been eliminated for saying, uh, while spelling philosophy. Is that a, is that a spelling bee rule? Like you can't, there's, you can't, you know, like vamp or wallow whilst spelling. I would have. was when I was in it. You, I wouldn't you be surprised. You silence. You yeah. could, any, anything that you uttered in between when you started spelling was counted as a letter oh uh, okay it's like a scratch and pool it's like mm-hmm. any little yeah any little move you make like you're you're done you're done the uh the clincher the clincher word of this whole episode qualm well we all know we all know the spelling because big bob gave it to us yeah. you want to you want to hit us with the big bob q u a l f <laughs> Which is a noun, an uneasy feeling of doubt, worry, or fear, especially about one's own conduct, a misgiving, which, again, is like, I think, narratively fits, because, like, Helga literally has the qualm. Yes. Can you copy and paste, if you're looking at it on your laptop, I forget what the official term is, but, like, the linguistic spelling, because I also think that... I also think that the lady fucked it up by like pronouncing the L as hard as she did. Right. I'm under the impression that qualm okay. is pronounced. Yeah, like the uh, the phonetic or whatever. Is that what you're talking about? Phonetic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, the phonetic was smooth. The phonetic spelling of qualm is like Q W A with the two two dots above it M, mm-hmm. or Q U A two dots above it L M. Okay. But yeah, she, she goes like qualm. She's like qualm. She leans into the L, yeah. which I feel like in a spelling bee context, like I don't know. No, again, yeah. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk that up to her like transatlantic, like that kind of like Moira Rose accent thing she was going, she had going on. My favorite shot slash frame, I guess you could call it immune to, is just like the super unhinged slow push in on Bob, on Big Bob. She's got it. She's got it. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's it's lit what? really dark. <laughs> No, he's just like is it like pure white? (laughs) Yeah, he's just staring down the barrel. He's like looking right at you, and it's really off-putting. It's like the it's like the horror movie. It's like the the extra. It's like the maze thing that people would do to each other. The maze game, and then you touch the wall, and then it's just a big. It's just a picture of the the exorcist girl, and it screams at you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (sighs) Yes. Oh God, Big Bob. Yeah. An asshole, an actual asshole, tries to bribe Arnold. What is it? If you lose, if you lose, you win. If you try to win, you probably lose. So get out there and lose like a winner. It's kind of, I mean, it's like, this is, this is who Coach Wittenberg wishes he was, but also is like evil. Mm. Like, I don't know. I just was feeling some 
parallels there because we just watched uh, Benchwarmer. But yeah, always mm. good good to get more Big Bob. We're gonna get more more of him to come. <laughs> he just he just killed it on his own. Well, I mean Helga with with an assist from Helga. But yeah, <clears throat> Helga through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean I would argue this is the first episode um, where it's not a hate Arnold episode. I think this is the first one. Yeah, I would say. I mean, again, he's he's very much like the underdog and stuff, and it's just stuff happening around him, really. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. This one, this one's interesting because uh, it's more. It's even though it's like, it's more on Helga, ultimately Helga and Big Bob like pushing the story, and all these random kids yeah. uh, just uh, humi- getting humiliating themselves uh, for our enjoyment. Yeah. So sucking at spelling a little bit, yeah, for sure. Nerds. <laughs> And fashion sense. Moving on to part B, and uh, this is going to be a really interesting sh- uh, emotional shift. So I'm curious to see how we transition. Um, part B of, of this episode is Pigeon Man. Yes, the the Pigeon Man, the iconic Pigeon Man. Pigeon Man. Uh, mm-hmm. Written by Joseph Purdy, as in is that a chicken? That Mr. That Joseph Purdy. Um, directed by Jamie Mitchell and Larry Likelighter. Yes, again. It's, oh, they're friends. <laughs> Can I give it to you tomorrow? <laughs> Anyways, so Arnold confronts a man that has known and trusted pigeons all his life after Arnold's pigeon gets sick. Uh, the man has not been around other humans for many years as he feels he cannot trust them. When Arnold takes him for a day in the city, Harold and his friends come along and accidentally destroy Pigeon Man's bird cages, trying to make simple mischief. Didn't seem so simple. It seemed pretty malicious to me, <laughs> but... They- they gave them a lot more credit in that description than they deserved. Yeah. This soured Harold and Stinky. Well, no, I ke- yeah, I keep forgetting that in the first season, like several points in the first season, Stinky is basically just like a tertiary antagonist out of the kids. Yeah. Like he's he's yeah, just like absolutely. part of Harold's posse. And they soften him up, like the way they soften him up later is by like removing his Chun-Li bracelets from his character design. Which is which is tough because I really I really like Stinky. Once we get once we you know he starts to soften up more and everything, but so yeah, yeah this initial break the exterior for sure. Yeah, this initial version of him, but he does get um. This, I did like a clever use of his catch word when they're like asking uh, mm-hmm. Arnold how <laughs> how Pigeon Man was, what what he was like, and Stinky literally goes, "Does he bite?" <laughs> I would say, and okay. I don't know if I'd go as far as a hate Arnold on this, but I guess maybe so. Like, he purports himself to be, like, this avid pigeon enthusiast and everything, mm-hmm. yet it he's still, like, Chester looks and looks like shit from the jump, and yet he still sends him out on this errand. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he sh- yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe, maybe he should have sent Fester. Or laser, blazer, taser, all kinds of aces. <laughs> fucking names his birds. Hester, Chester. Blade. We were in high school. That was Hester the. Uh, let's not say it on airways. Hester. Is that uh, Catcher in the Rye? Was it Hester Prynne? Isn't that uh, like? Isn't that Scarlet Letter? Is there? Scarlet Letter. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Good call. Good Thank call. You. Thank you. But yeah, like. He gets, he's very, again, it's another very, like, hipster moment when he's, like, talking about, like, pigeons are really smart, Helga, or whatever. And he's got the, and, and he whips out the pocket watch at the same time. <laughs> like, I bet you, so I, I bet he hates movies that are universally loved. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> Arnold is so annoying, dude. God. 
<laughs> this was almost a not hate Arnold episode, but literally skipping to the end. The fact that he is corrected to call like he gets the pass to call Pigeon Man Vincent. Right, okay. And then continues to call him Pigeon Man he, he's... the entire fucking episode, even until he sends him off. Right. Fuck you, Arnold. Go for for sure. <laughs> That was okay. That that it was a weird choice. Yeah, like you know, like let's. I mean, we we go through all the story, the narrative of the episode goes through all these lengths to humanize this guy. It's very much, it's yeah. very much a spiritual sequel to Stoop Kid. Like Pigeon Man doesn't even present any. Unlike Stoop Kid, he doesn't present any threat to anyone. He's just a dude who likes pigeons. No. Um. And yeah. yet here we are. So a little bit of a mixed message. <laughs> um. But again, uh, elevate. I'm wondering if they did they recorded this. Or Weezen Ed first, because like I think that formula mm-hmm. to Gerald's urban legend monologue, it's even funnier here to me. He's like, like some say he's just got in a chicken suit, a lonely, deranged man wanting only birds for comfort. Who knows? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, the music is amazing too. I think the mo- mm-hmm. the pigeon man. Mm-hmm. It at some points it sounds like a JRPG, like a Wii era or like some some modern ish JRPG thing going on and. Mm-hmm. I, d- I dig it quite a bit. Although Pigeon Man is anti-pineapple. Or maybe he's just precul- like commenting that it's strange. He's like, oh, that's that's quirky. That's weird. But Yeah. Yeah. I think he's saying that it's quirky. But also the the pineapple on pizza argument, I don't know if there is a right answer. because I it's mean, it's just a matter of taste. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Absolutely. That's true. Absolutely. And, well, the thing, too, is so Vincent is actually the name of the guy who played the vo- the guy who voiced Pigeon Man. Yeah, so who I don't know. I really liked his great voice. Voice in this episode. Yeah. He he like makes the character feel as human as you're supposed to feel about yeah, him. Absolutely. Right? And he's got that kind of like reserved to himself, maybe a little bit hesitant, mm-hmm. but also knows what he knows kind of personality. Yeah. He sounds like the polite version of unapologetic, right? It's like this is yeah. who I am and this is who I'm going to be. I fucking loved it. I yeah, do like that. Great. That's a really good point, yeah. Just to give the flowers for performance and also no longer with us. So Vincent Chiavelli uh, passed away in 2005. Mm-hmm. He voiced Pigeon Man. He's also, he's like a pretty, was a pretty prominent character actor in his day too. It's like if you see his face, like, you know, you're like, oh shit, it's that guy. Um, so he's in like Batman Returns. He's like part of like the circus gang that the Penguin, he's like Penguin's number two oh, in the yeah. circus gang. And he actually kind of, I feel like they, I feel like his actual appearance kind of informed Pigeon Man because they, he like, he has the long face and kind of like the droopy eyes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he's pop, hmm. he's in a bunch, a few things. He was in this like random, uh, TV movie version of like, oh, Escape to Witch Mountain that I remember co- being on Disney Channel a lot. And he was in that, hmm. uh, he was in Three Ninjas Knuckle Up, which is one of my favorite children's movies of the nineties as well. So yeah whenever they bring they just knew to bring in i don't know the the casting whoever was i definitely got to look in the credits for the casting whoever was in charge of the casting for this and the voice direction because it's just like even if they're just bringing someone in for one episode or whatever yeah he just feels lived in and there's a soul to his character Mm. and you just you just want you know you just want him to be okay which uh yeah, mm-hmm. he has motivations that that read through in each of his lines. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. Uh, pigeons are totally allowed to eat berries, so that was not uh, 
I was concerned that like in the nineties, you know, kids would hear this and like try to feed berries to pigeons and like maybe it would accidentally mm-hmm. kill them. But no, par- ber- berries are perfectly, <laughs> perfectly acceptable for pigeons. Have you heard like the really depressing like fan theory about this episode? No. Okay. Sim- I've not heard a very depressing fan Sim- theory. About okay. Episode. Simply, I'm gonna Google it so I can uh, provide more uh, info. But let's see. Basically, it's it it is refuted ultimately though by like. A future thing that we haven't seen yet so it's fine um okay yeah the pigeon man theory started circulating on reddit uh <clears throat> and the theory posits that rather than flying off into the sunset with his beloved pigeons at the end of the episode pigeon man committed suicide unalived himself in front of arnold who remembered it differently to cope with the trauma why would someone even think that that happened because there was this like that's the dumb it's the extremely lazy i've heard in my life it's extremely lazy i mean honestly there was this thing there was just that this. You want to delete Reddit <laughs> after high school, so like early 2010s, where everyone was just like, "No, that beloved cartoon you loved in the 90s was actually super fucked up, and here's why." Like the Rugrats theory, where like Angelica. Can you say that again, but mo- add more Stallone to it? Or Dino Spumoni? Yeah. Hey, hey, you know that uh, beloved fan theory that you loved in the 90s is actually pretty fucked up, and uh, this is in my this is in my extremely expensive Italian sports car. It's much roomier. Oh, sorry. I thought I thought I heard you say Sylvester Calzone. Uh, yes, yes, I did say Sylvester Calzone. Thank you. But yeah, there's that uh, that Rugrats theory where like oh, it's like oh, like all the babies are actually dead uh, for various reasons, and they're all existing in Angelica's head. And like that's extremely Stupid. flimsy. It's uh, just like faux edgy sh- stuff. So, but Stupid. but no, this is like Pigeon Man got his Pigeon Man. This is just Pigeon Man flying off into like greener pastures, yeah, and maybe absolutely. Pixar might have owed Nickelodeon, uh, Craig Bartlett, and company some money because it's kind of the s- same principle as Up. Yeah, pretty sure oh, Carl didn't understand people sure. either. But yeah, and I realized oh, I was like, oh, this is why the Pigeon Man cue gets me so hard. That like that two chord pass that na 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 na. That's the same shit they used. Alan Menken used in Go the Distance. Because then it all was missing yeah, would have been. I digress. Uh, this is not the Hercules podcast. I could, but yeah. <laughs> but this episode does not bite. This episode does not bite. No, yeah. it does not. Was Cuckoo Kachoo a phrase that like was a thing, or did the Beatles start Cuckoo Kachoo? That's a good question. Yeah, I was worrying, wondering about that. Cuckoo. I don't know exactly yeah, how to spell it. And while it. you're looking that up, okay. fuck Harold and fuck stinky for even thinking that it would be okay or funny to go and fuck with this guy's shit because arnold had found his seriously like so bad it's very mal- so it's just bad. super they have to earn it, my respect back. it's super malicious yeah i'm like i'm curious i don't know like the next thing we get that this makes me look forward to watching harold get bullied for oh. being fat and annoying and having an Audi belly button and being dumb, smooth brained. Someone calls him like Idiot. Limpo or something, and there's an episode coming up where he like goes well he goes on a weight loss cruise and gains like thirty more pounds instead or whatever. Cuckoo Kachoo was first used in songs by artists such as the Beatles and shortly after by Simon Garfunkel. This phrase hmm. has absolutely no definitive meaning. It's believed to be used in songs in uh, in the sixties and seventies. Uh, slang as a phrase left to be freely interpreted by anyone based in the on the surrounding context it is used in. So it's literally just like wow. It's just like it's all That's good, a big man. Sentence. Yeah. That's a very very large sentence that they just. Well, this is this was an Urban Dictionary submission, so I probably shouldn't have clicked on it. Uh, that's fair though. Yeah. 
I'll take it for for something that is as like imaginary as cuckoo cachoo. It's yeah, it's your gabba gabba hey. It's your. I was thinking of some other you know nonsensical phrase, but it escapes me. But Hartenschweiler. Yes, Hartenschweiler. It's wunderbar. Love inside jokes. As do I. Love to be part of one someday. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, you had to go to high school with us and write reports a, in fonts after you got tired of Times New Roman. <laughs> it's a pretty niche audience, I would say. I have no qualms about I have no qualms about these conversations. I have no qualms about using Hotenschweiler <laughs> in all of my essays. I think that was the start of my particular brand of humor, which is I am my only audience, <laughs> and, and as long as I think it's funny, then dude, it's that's good. I mean that's I think growing up an only child, that's pretty much how I learned to get by myself. So it's all good. I completely get it. <laughs> I think so this episode was not about hot and no, it was not. Oh. <laughs> it was not. It was about tolerance and just accepting mm. folks who they are for all their quirks, and and wash your wash your berries before you eat them, but also. Never eat raspberries. Dude! Oh, dip! <laughs> oh, Sorry. dip. Manny Jacinto is going to be in Star Wars. I'm very happy about that. But anyway. Oh, my Love God. That. Yes. All right, y'all. So We can wrap it okay, up. Okay, yes. So, folks, thank you for joining us yet again. Um, please, uh, next, week, uh, next week's going to be a doozy because uh, episode 16 is Olga Comes Home slash Sally's Comet. Mm. So... Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm. I say this every week, but oh, I am Sally's very excited. Comet is very nice. Yeah, Sally's Comet's one of the one of one of the standouts, especially for that like particular aesthetic art style that that episode has. But we'll get to all that. So yeah, mm-hmm. keep keep on keeping on. Thank you all for listening along so far thusly. God, I'm like I sound like fucking Coach Wittenberg right now. I don't even know why, but <laughs> it's time to flagrantly, fragrantly. Unres- not unrespect the podcast and uh, and not eat raspberries. <laughs>